0: Welcome to Technology Revolution, The Future of Now, where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host, who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D.
1: Graham. <laughs> Bonnie D. in the house. I never remember whether I said the future was this way or that way, so I'm just going to go up in the air. There we go. I have to do full disclaimer. This is a show, part two, we we did this on September 28th. It's such a hot topic. It was my most popular show of the entire year of 2022, talking about raising kids' money IQ. I think I coined that term. I'm not so sure. I put quotes around it. There's no copyright on it. What can I tell you? My panel is back, and we're adding a newcomer, and I'm going to do my usual intro, but I have to tell you the full disclaimer is that I am using ChatGPT, the AI chatbot. Everybody's talking about it. And some days it's so busy, it can't even talk to you. It says, sorry, full capacity. You can't get in right now. There are lookalikes and similar functions coming out very, very soon from other companies. This is from OpenAI, but I use that for the opening of the show to do a little research today. So listen up. I asked ChatGPT, very simple query, what is financial literacy for kids? And here's the answer. Financial literacy for kids refers to the understanding and knowledge of financial concepts and principles, as well as the ability to apply these principles to make informed and responsible financial decisions. I see my panelists saying, that's really interesting. Financial literacy is an important life skill. That's why we're talking about it. They can help children and young people, and I'm going to say even baby boomers, manage their money effectively and make informed decisions about how to use their resources, whether in the form of money time, or other assets. Isn't that interesting? They expanded it from money, Karen, a little bit broader. Financial literacy can be taught through a variety of methods, including classroom, instruction, financial, Kelly, you know about this, financial education programs, Mac knows about this, and by modeling good financial behavior at home. Oh my, whoever thought about that. So important financial concepts children and young people may learn about include budgeting, saving, investing and credit. I thought that everybody applaud. If you agree with me, that was a pretty, pretty cool definition. That's chat GPT. So I asked it then to find me five or you Actually, I'm only using four. Four movie quotes on the topic of money and kids. Listen up. I got one from Macaulay Culkin playing Kevin and McAllister, Of course, Home Alone, 1990 movie. And the quote is, a child's got to do what a child's got to do. I had a little New York accent. Not sure about that. Then I have a quote from Mrs. Doubtfire, Daniel Hilliard, played by the late and wonderful Robin Williams, 1993. There's no better investment than investing in your children. Okay? I'm remembering a Whitney Houston song. The Children Are Our Future. I think said The Children Are Our Future. I made that one up based on her song. Then I have a quote from George Banks, played by David Tomlinson. The movie is Mary Poppins. Boy, are we iconic today, 1964. Money doesn't grow on trees. You know, it grows in banks. That's where you put it, to make more money. Interesting concept from 1964, okay? And one more quote from, I had to do this, Jordan Belfort, Leonardo DiCaprio, The Wolf of Wall Street, 2013, a little more modern. And the quote is, it's not how much money you make, it's how much money you keep. I like that one the best. So raise your hand and just wave when I call your name. We're asking our experts. We got four plus a new one today, Karen Tenenbaum. Hi, Karen. Welcome back. So delighted to have you. Larry Sprung is new. Larry, wave hello. There you are. We're live on LinkedIn and Facebook. Rumbi Petrozello. Hello, Rumbi. Wonderful to have you back. Kelly Kirkshue. Kelly, it's always a delight. I'm waiting for you to sing and dance on the show. You might sing a little. I know you have a sore throat today. And Mac Gardner is back. Mac, welcome back. And we're talking about the future of financial literacy and technology. I threw that in there. Can we raise our kids' money IQ? Part two. I'm Bonnie D in the house. Let's go around the table. And hello to our listeners and viewers around the world. We're so happy to see you and have you see us. We can't see you, but we're imagining we can. Okay, let's go around the table. Three minute introductions. Karen Tenenbaum. I did the math before the show, Karen, because we're talking about numbers. And I figure there are 12.72 people who don't remember you from September 28th last year on the show. That's it. And probably the same number for most of you. Kelly, there's fewer who don't remember you because you've done some other stuff with me. I I think you're out there. So anyway, Karen, update us on what's your expertise on this topic? Yes. What's, What's your passion about financial literacy for kids? Just remind people why you're an expert and why you're here. Karen, welcome.
2: Hi. So I'm Karen Tenenbaum, Tenenbaum Law. I'm a, I have a law firm in Long Island, New York. Uh, we handle IRS and New York state tax controversies. So I've seen the financial difficulties that people get themselves into. Um, also, I'm the co-founder of Commerce Plaza, a nonprofit uh, that teaches children about business and money. The, Wall Street, the uh, New York Times wrote an article about me opening up the world of business to children many years ago. And uh, I also am the co-founder of Walter the Vault, Making Kids Money Masters. And I work with uh, Kelly, and uh, she teaches uh, financial education to children through out-school and other other means. And um, I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old grandchild, son, and uh, they seem to know uh, what's valuable. To them, uh, my three-year-old knows that you put valuable things in a safe, in Walk of the Vault. Um, could you see it in my... Not quite. No, we got the, the picture. To, got we got the, the picture. Vault. And uh, he knows that you put valuable things in, but to him, what's valuable are cars and trucks. So uh, when he opens up the vault, he puts his cars and trucks in. So it's interesting to teach kids at a young age because they they do understand the concept. And when they go into a store, right, every child says, oh, I want this, I want that. So you got to teach them limits and 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 good money skills and how to make good money decisions.
1: Thank you. That's very interesting. Hadn't thought about that. The concept of value—that's at the core of all. Value is how do you acquire it? Why do you acquire it? What do you do with it? How do you preserve it? How do you use it to make more or not? How do you give it away? Share it? Trade it? Sell it? Keep it? Value it? Devalue it? All—I I didn't think about that. The roots are in the ba- Karen. Thank you. We'll talk more about that it's later. Exactly. All about—if you look at the beginning of money, it's all about bartering. Absolutely. What's the value of this as opposed to the value of that? Thank you very much. Interesting. Karen, lovely to have you back. Our newcomer is up next, Larry Sprung. Larry, Karen said, I don't care if the show's already put together. I don't care if the promos went out. We got to get Larry Sprung on this panel. And here you are. So, Larry, I hope you feel welcome. And I'm going to put you on speaker view. Give us the full three minute overview. Who is Larry Sprung? What's your expertise? Why are you here? Welcome, Larry.
3: Thank you so much, Bonnie. And thank you, Karen, for uh, inviting me. I appreciate it. It's a great opportunity when we could talk about and educating young people. I really appreciate it. So I'm Larry Sprung. I'm the founder and lead wealth advisor at Midland Financial. First and foremost, though, I'm a dad uh, and a a husband. That's uh, the most important thing. Family is of utmost importance to us from a standpoint of my family, the people that work here at Midland Financial, as well as our the families that we serve. So we work with families to help them find their freedom. And that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And what we do is we not only work with the mom and dad and the grandma and grandpa, but we also work with the children because it's very important to help them and pass along those values to the next generation. And you know, thankfully, I've had the opportunity to do this with my own kids. They're 16 and 19 now. And I remember at very young ages, I had I didn't have Walter the Vault, unfortunately, but I did have a piggy bank that had three slots in it, which basically had spend, save, and charity. And we taught our children from a very young age as they earned money or got money for gifts, we taught them about the importance that it wasn't all about spending, it wasn't all about saving, and it wasn't all about charity, but there was a fine line and a way to utilize each one of those. And you know, I'm proud to say that now that my kids are of age where they can work, they're proactively putting money away in Roth IRAs and things of that nature that are going to be only helpful to them uh, later in life. And we're trying to impart that upon the next generation. And for those families that didn't have the education to really show their kids how to do it, that's where we tell them to leverage us, utilize us, and we'll help impart that knowledge on the next generation because we want to make sure that. Financial literacy is something that everybody understands because, you know, when you think about financial health, we used to talk about the three pillars, right? We used to talk about having uh, pension money, social security, and uh, and your income in retirement. We used to talk about the three pillars. We talk about now the three pillars are mental health, physical health, and financial health. And without one or the other nothing ends up working and the stool falls apart. But thank you very much, Bonnie. I appreciate you having me today and uh, sharing this uh, time with you all.
1: Thank you very much, Larry. Our screen just froze for a second. It'll unfreeze. Mr. Mac is getting a replacement on Friday. We're almost there. Thank you very much. I want to have Rumby introduce herself next. Rumby, same, I think it was 12.78 people who didn't remember. Karen might not remember you. So I'm just going to have you start talking and we will. There you are. There you are. Just bear with me, everybody. We love our technology, don't we? Mac, behave yourself. Not Mac Gardner. My Mac. Okay. I have to give it a different name, Mac. I don't want to confuse. Rumbi, welcome back. Tell us an overview. What have you been up to since we spoke to you in September? Welcome.
4: Hey, Bonnie. Great to be back. Great to see everyone. Runby,
1: come a little closer to your mic. A little hard, to- hard time hearing Absolutely. you.
4: Absolutely. <clears throat> yes. I don't great. know. Today, today I am a little soft-spoken. I don't know what's going on. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Okay. So great to see everyone. Great to be here. My name, Runby Petrozello. I am a CPA and I work at Saramount, which is a consulting company in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space. I'm the immediate past president of the New York State Society of CPAs. So my life is, it's about uh, sort of finance and making sure that like uh, financial literacy is accessible to everyone. And I think that's one of the things that is very important to me because without a sense of financial literacy and knowing how money works and where it works and and also where, um, I guess you call it, we will call it money justice works, right? So because we know that in certain communities, sometimes you might go to one place and the same thing costs a lot more than it costs elsewhere. We've heard also about some of the inequities that happen in lending in terms of interest rates uh, and and sort of access to the property and the stuff that will get you through to, to the rest of life. I've worked on a project in the past uh, through the New York City Comptroller's Office where we worked on a website to help people um, bank better and to help people get accessible banking because here we were sharing all of the information about the different types of accounts you can get, the different interest rates you can get, the charges that you may or may not have to pay and also for some of us, because we are—I live in New York City. It is a very diversity. People speak many languages. So we also had information on what languages were spoken at different banks. So I think you—all of us, right? We're here. We're talking about something that is very, very important. All of us need this financial literacy because all of us need to have an equitable access to finance.
1: Thank you very much, Rumbi. Your background, as is everybody's, is very, very impressive. And the more we talk about this topic, I'm speaking to all of you and our audience listening. We're on the Voice America Business Channel, and we're on LinkedIn and Facebook as well. Literacy, financial literacy money management, handling it, valuing it. The, the currency we deal with is mostly some sort of money. That's our barter exchange. That's what we do in our civilization. It's important for all ages. And I think we all understand that. And I will tell you that I moved to Tennessee uh, 139 days ago. I'm still counting, Larry. <laughs> but when did you move here? 139 days. Tomorrow's 140 days. What can I tell you? And I'm learning pricing of services is based on being in a small community with a lot of independent providers who set their rates. And this is different from New York, Rumby, and this is different from Durham, North Carolina, where I lived for five years. I'm finding out not to be sticker price shocked, not to be shocked at sticker prices. When somebody comes to your house and mows your lawn or blows the leaves or cleans the borders or does the windows, that sticker price is whatever or an electrician. Okay, I'm I'm learning not to be shocked because they're making a living as independent providers, not big companies anymore. And they're saying, what can the what can the market bear? What can the community afford? And what am I going to require before you get to have my expertise? Whole different way of dealing with money. What can I say? Thank you, Rumby. Let's move on. Kelly Kirkshoe, welcome back. Uh, I have to tell everybody Kelly and I are working with Claire Lynch on developing a podcast radio series on financial literacy right now. And I'm very excited. I know Karen's going to be somehow involved with that in the front or in the background. And we're talking with kids and celebrities and we're developing it right now. And Kelly, I'm thrilled. Kelly, remind everybody like they could forget you for goodness sake. What (sighs) have you been up to? Kelly, welcome back. Hey,
5: well, I've been clearly kissing somebody with COVID because I've got it. <laughs> um, yeah. So I actually, and I just want to say like, um, I'm really not a fan of people working when they're sick. And I really almost dropped out of this. Like, I don't want to encourage people, but also th- then I was like, this isn't work. <laughs> One, we're not getting paid. <laughs> and two, we really, really enjoy this. So I'm all about being here right now, even though I do have COVID. <laughs> I just won't cough on any of you. Okay. okay. Um I just want to, Yeah. I just like, it's even my husband, you know, I just, I just feel like people, you know, and this all has to do um, with my background and with financial literacy is I feel like it just it, right now, the current state of things and how people have to work and like how tight the economy is um, and that people feel guilty taking time off is like just so sad. And and then that, that relates, you know, that relates to me. I'll just like, I'll make it all tie in. So I'm not wasting any time. Um, I grew up with a background in education And um, I uh, was living in China for a while, lived in China for many years. I've taught like over thousands thousands and thousands of students. And um, I was mostly doing teaching English and teaching acting before. And I never felt like I was being true to like my life's purpose. And I still I mean, probably don't even, I mean, unless I'm like out there, you know, literally like saving the world. But um, I do think as I started learning myself about financial literacy more, especially in COVID, moving to a new place, not having a huge social life. So I just started researching. um, As someone who grew up in like upper middle class uh, and is so financially, like was so financially illiterate, it's like, you know, it just made you realize like. God, it's infuriating how much financial literacy is not put into daily lives and education. And I almost feel like it's done on purpose because when you don't know what to do with your money, then you are um, you more easily fall victim to the people that do know how to take your money. So, yeah. So I've just been working in education and financial literacy extremely passionately now. Um Uh, I mean, I've been in education for like 10 years. So,
1: oh my God, that was not brief. But hey, okay, talk more later. Kelly, always wonderful to have you. And thank you for showing up. And and I appreciate the value you put on on being here and sharing your expertise with us. I will tell you, as far as literacy goes, I remember vaguely when I I got divorced when I was living in Eugene, Oregon, like a New Yorker transported to you. Don't even ask how I got there. And I I was going to a gym. And the woman who was running the gym was working in a, uh, I think, a title company or a loan company. And she said to me, I'm taking you to go get you a revolving account at Macy's and setting up a separate checking account for you because you need to know, Bonnie, single lady, never managed your money. You need to know these things because now it's you and your kids and you're in charge. And she taught me a little bit about credit and about credit cards, I, what, I was in my early, twi- mid-20s, what the heck did I know? It just all handed to me. I never had to deal with it. And Patty Wiggins, I don't know if she's still around or still alive, but she said, I need to teach you about about handling your money. And I, it just came back to me, Kelly, when you were talking. Thank you so much. Mac Gardner, we couldn't forget you, but somebody had to be the fifth one on the panel. Matt Gardner, so happy to have you back. Please bring us up to date. Save, same 12.78 people. What can I say? we got a lot of people watching all of a sudden. I'm looking at LinkedIn. All of a sudden, they're all watching us. So everybody wave hello again to LinkedIn. Hello, LinkedIn. We're welcoming our viewers. Mac, catch us up. What have you been up to since September 28th? Welcome back.
0: First and foremost, Bonnie, Karen, thank you all. Larry, good to see you brother, Uh, running in really cool circles. Rumi, Kelly, great to see everyone again. Uh, Matt Gardner, certified financial planner and author of a couple books. My first book, Motivate Your Money, was written to help big people. Um, The financial services industry can be complicated. And uh, for the financial advisors who are watching this show right now listening, one of the best compliments you can ever receive is, you know, hey, Mac, you know what? You make this stuff easy to understand. Uh, I'm a huge fan of simplifying ideas and concepts. And secondly, that all we are at the end of our days is a collection of stories. So, upon the request of a client several years ago who loved my Mac nuggets, loved the ideas and concepts that I bought together and, and for folks to motivate your money, I wrote a book called The Four Money Bears. And The Four Money Bears is a book to help parents with young children start the conversation about money at a very early age. Uh, Cambridge study that came out a few years ago shows us that the child's connectivity with money starts as early as age seven, sometimes as early as age five. But sadly, to Kelly's point, there's not a lot of stuff out there that addresses the um, conversation, the story at that point. So I created this book called The Four Money Bears. There are four bears. Spender Bear, Saver Bear, Investor Bear, and Giver Bear. And these bears help children understand that they have other options besides going to the store and blowing all of our money <laughs> when they're in the door aisle. So we, uh, I started a company called Finlet Tech Financial Literacy Technology. I'm the current founder and chief education officer. And our mission is to build a bridge between financial literacy and financial technology. And we are currently in the process of developing a, uh, a, a gamified financial education platform called the four money bears Berryville, where a child can run their own very farm understand entrepreneurship and then on the other side of the fence know what to do with their money once they have it so a uh, huge advocate of fintech and what fintech can do to really push this mission of financial literacy forward make it more equitable a lot more diverse and a lot more inclusive and uh since 2022, we've been recognized by Investment News and Think Advisor for the work that we are doing to increase and expand financial literacy through uh, DEI LEND. So, lots been going on, uh, Bonnie and Karen and everyone. I'm glad to be back with you all again.
1: Thank you so much. Karen, you and I, you put this panel together, but when I approached you about doing the show, the original panel, we had uh, Anna Maria Lusardi with us, and she was unavailable. And Larry, was so happy to have you. I'm so impressed not just with your credentials, not just with your companies, not just with what you do, but your understanding of and passion for articulating the importance of the topic. I hope I said that right. This matters to all of you. It matters to our listeners, to our viewers. It matters to kids. It matters to family. It matters to people. It matters to me. It it matters to me. Uh, I was telling Larry on the last show that I, I bought a house and the bank was not... I bought and sold a house the same day. Can you believe two closings in two different states? Yeah, well, yeah, where do you go? Anyway, the point is um, the bank was not happy with somebody working in the gig economy. They didn't understand it. Why did your income stop in July? Well, that's because all my clients paid for the year by January through July. That was it. It was there. It was in the, well, we don't understand that. What happened to September? Well, the money was prepaid. I don't understand. Where's your salary? They couldn't deal with it. They didn't understand that when you work for yourself in the gig freelance economy as an independent contractor, money comes and goes when it feels like it or when your clients want to pay you. And that was a lesson for me that the big organizations haven't gotten up to speed yet. So financial literacy for me was figuring out how to navigate Multiple requests for so much documentation to prove I'm a real person and I got money, I could afford the mortgage. Yes, I got the mortgage. Thank you very much. Okay, so let's go on to the topic of the show. Anyway, I'm just trying to say I'm impressed with all five of you. I really, really am, and thank you for being here. Let's go on to the part of the show where I've asked each of you to send me a quote from a fictional character, movie or TV show, or a song lyric that has... Technically nothing to do with money and financial literacy, and you're going to tell us how. Let's keep this segment to two minutes apiece if we can, because we have so much to cover. Karen Tenenbaum has sent us a quote from the theme from Mahogany. Do you know where you're going to? Diana Ross, 1975. The quote is, do you know where you're going to? Do you like the things that life is showing you? Where are you going to? Do you know? And a little background, written by Michael Masser and Jerry Goffin. Everybody remember Carole King and Jerry Goffin? It was recorded by Thelma Houston, who is a big disco recording artist in 1973. And then Diana Ross recorded it as the theme to the 1975 movie from Paramount Films and the Motown song, mahogany about a protagonist. She played, Diana Ross played a woman of color who becomes a successful fashion designer in Rome. It was recorded with a full orchestra, Karen, and it became one of the most recognizable elements of the film. It hit number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 chart. There you go. And she recorded, she performed it from Amsterdam via satellite at one of the big music ceremonies. Quite, quite an event. Karen, two minutes. What does this have to do with our topic as if we don't know? Go ahead, Karen.
2: Well, I've always been a proponent of goals and, uh, and planning. And so, uh, you know, budgeting, uh, figuring out what you need, at, you know, working backwards. What do you need in retirement? Uh, what do you need each year to live your life? And, uh, do you know where you're going? So, uh, plan it out and,
1: uh, and then follow the course. Thank you very much. You didn't use your whole two minutes, Karen. Didn't use two minutes. Oh my goodness, Karen Brevett. Now I can show you. Now I can show you, Walter the Vault, in my two minutes. Now we can. I'm I'm Walter the Vault. I'm
2: friendly and nice. I'm filled up with rhymes and financial advice. There you go. Hold it up higher.
1: Hold it up higher. Put it back. We can see it. Hold them all the way up.
2: Save your nickels. Save your dimes. Listen well to all my rhymes, and if you do, it's me you'll thank for all the money in your bank. And so that's what we're teaching. Start young, make it fun
1: and and save for the future. Very, very nice. Thank you so much. Do you know where you're going to? (laughs) I didn't realize we had six panelists today. Walter the Vault is back. Welcome, Walter. He didn't give his bio, but you gave it to us. Thank you, Karen. Let's move on. Larry Sprung sent us a quote from Gordon Bombay, character played by Emilio Estevez. The movie is The Mighty Ducks, 1992 American sports comedy drama film. Larry, I love the way they string genres together. Is it a comedy drama sports? Is it a sports drama comedy or is it a sports comedy drama? Well, I'm not sure. It's... A media franchise, a trilogy of live-action films released in the '90s by Walter Walter Walt Disney Pictures, animated TV series, live-action sequel TV series, theme park hotel attractions, and they even created Disney even created an NHL hockey team called the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. It's about a twin cities ice hockey team of young kids who stick together. No pun stick hockey through challenges, and it was a commercial success. Here is the quote: "A team isn't a bunch of kids out to win. A team is something you belong to, something you feel, something you have to earn." Oh, this is makes me want to cry. Larry, two minutes. Explain. What does this have to do with our topic?
3: Go so, ahead. before I explain, interesting fun fact: my younger son, my sixteen-year-old, <coughs> goes to school where Mighty Ducks Three was filmed. I'm a hockey dad. Both my boys are hockey guys, and uh, pretty well, and actually he plays in Minnesota, so uh, where this is based out of. So I I stayed true to my core values, if you will, with the quote. But how this kind of relates is really, if you think about it, nothing ever great is accomplished as an individual. You have to have other people to help you, whether it's becoming more financially literate, whether it's actually putting that game plan in place you need a team, not everyone, not one person can be an expert in everything. And it's very important that you are aware of who you're taking your information and advice from, where you're getting it, how you're deploying it, and make sure you're putting a team together that can help you. And uh, that's really what it's all about. It doesn't have to be done alone. There are people that are in your circles that may be more knowledgeable than you, find them, Lean on them and have them help you if this is not your area of expertise. And I think that's one of the greatest gifts we have is to help other people.
1: Very well put, Larry. Thank you for, for bringing that all together. I appreciate that. Thank you. Let's move on. Rumby, I'm looking at your quote. It's from Howard Bunny. Colvin, played by Robert Wisdom. The TV show is The Wire, American crime drama TV series 2002 to 2008. The quote is from season four, Mac likes that, broadcast by HBO in the U.S. Interesting, The Wire is created and primarily written by author and former police reporter David Simon. 60 episodes, five seasons, that's quite a run. It began as a police drama loosely based on experiences of his writing partner, Ed Burns, who is a former homicide detective and public school teacher, and Rumbi has selected one line from a long scene. I'm not going to read the whole scene. I'll let you explain this. Rumbi, here's the line you picked: "We pretended to teach them; they pretended to learn. And where'd they end up? Rumbi, help us out. What does this have to do with our topic? Like we can't figure
4: it out. Go ahead, dear. <laughs> I know it's it's You know we sort of talk about financial literacy and maybe people see the term, but this is, it's life, right? And I will pause and say The Wire is the best TV show ever made. It is, it is, it is, it is so real. It is so life. I know when I watched the season on the kids, it, it, it broke my heart many times. And this is because the way our education system works right now uh, at, across the board with this lack of sort of financial literacy and lack of financial training, it's as though people are resigned to their destinies, right? and that was what this was about. It's like you're going in, we're doing the same old thing over and over again, and people are going back to to their lives. I know Kelly mentioned her 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 life of relative privilege sort of growing up and not be, not necessarily needing the financial literacy because your life is comfortable right and and here it's almost that you're not getting this financial literacy and so your life remains the same and it's a kind of sucky life because these kids ended up you know back on the street doing what they're doing working the finances the way they work them but it's it's um if you're not learning what is out there if you're not expanding that horizon if you're not learning about all the different ways that money works. And it's simple things like the number of people who are unbanked and uh, often, you know, it's maybe you don't have a bank in your neighborhood and you know, don't think about what, or have no idea what other options might be. Maybe you don't feel comfortable in that space. Maybe you don't know about FDIC insurance and perhaps you think your money might not be safe, right? There are all these things that come into play Maybe you don't trust the system because the system hasn't done 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 good by you. And so there are all these things that um, we are missing when we are not gaining financial literacy. I know Mac will talk about financial technology, which, again, sort of democratizes the system where even if you don't have a bank down your street, it doesn't mean you don't have access.
1: Thank you, bank. Rumbi. Yes. Mac, you want to make a quick comment there? Or you want to wait for your turn for your quote? We'll we'll wait for you. You're, you're muted, hon. Mac, you're muted. You the Mute
0: monster got me. I owe somebody 10 bucks. <laughs> um, yeah, the, uh, I apologize. Yeah, I too love The Wire. And uh, I just say do to everything you said about me. Yeah, Thank
1: awesome. you. I'll tell you, all of you, that briefly that I'm learning here in Tennessee the nuances of the financial literacy that's required for me to live here. Number one, most vendors charge you the 3% on top of the price from hair salon to anything else if you pay by credit card. You are almost required to carry a checkbook or cash with you from something as simple as paying for a hair salon visit. Otherwise you pay 3%. They are not ashamed, they are not shy, they are not embarrassed. We're paying the credit card company. Damn it! You're gonna pay it too. There's a big debate on next door now whether you should tip your waiter or waitress in a restaurant in cash or on the credit card. Apparently, some restaurant owners are charging the waiter, the wait staff, the three percent on the credit card on the tip that was added. There's a huge debate here. Unbelievable. Uh, the other thing is that we're having a, a little bit of a scandal, and this may be around the country that when you go to certain gas stations, and you put your credit card in, there's a one of those wonderful little card readers. And people here are finding that their credit card is being used three states away for $800 to $1,000 charge the same day in another state because the card reader grabbed. So I'm skimming. learning. Yes, yeah, skimming. If I go to that gas station, I'm doing something I've never done. I bring cash. Never in my because I like the points. I get I get the credit on my Amazon card. I now pay cash for gas when I go. It's the only gas station on our little peninsula here. Otherwise, you've got to drive a half hour to go somewhere. Why would I spend the gas to go to get gas? So I now go with cash. I walk in, I tell the guy I'm on pump number five. Here's my $40. I pump up, I use it or I don't. I get my refund. That's it. So I'm paying cash for gas and I'm buying services with a checkbook. You always ask here. Are you charging extra if you use a credit card? This is something I have never seen before, and it may be changing around the country. Let's move on. I just wanted to share that. Financial literacy is an ongoing process. Period. End of story. Not just for, well, I'm a kid. You know that. Okay. Let's go to Kelly, your quote. This was a little interesting one. We got some brands in here, Kelly. I wasn't sure we're going to use this one, but I'm just going to, I'll read it. Uh, The quote is from Alexander Cabot, the flamboyant and snobby band manager played by Paolo Costanzo in Josie and the Pussycats, a 2001 satirical music comedy film filmed in Vancouver. Very interesting cast. The film was a commercial failure. Talk about financial success, but it later developed as a cult film. And here's the quote. Ooh, help. We're being brainwashed. Robotic in parentheses. you got to explain that. Diet Coke's the new Pepsi one. I have no idea what this means. Kelly, talk to me. Two minutes.
5: Okay. So um, that movie, I feel like, was really ahead of its time. Um, Josie and the Pussycats, the entire movie has product placements all over it, but they made no money from it. (laughs) And the movie is just talking about, like, you know, the band. They want to be famous. They become famous, but it has nothing to do with them. They're just a means to promote um, products. And um, so this character... Um, Alexandra Cabot. She she's making fun of the. They they discovered that their music has brainwashing within it, and she's and her she goes, ooh brainwashing. Oh no, huh? We're being brainwashed. Diet Coke is the new Pepsi One. And so then she like she finds herself saying that, whereas Pepsi one used to be the new Diet Coke and now Diet Coke. And and throughout the movies, there's there's like a new um color that's popular. And anyway, so the point of this is, I think um, as much as we don't want to admit that we're being brainwashed by what's around us, we are. And um, how this ties to financial literacy is the the, the the attitude of money that you grow up around. Is probably the attitude you're gonna have and so as much as i grow up i'm <laughs> i'm really good at saying things but i'm not always good at making a point so i'm so glad you brought this up rimby i think my point also of being like i grew up in privilege or whatever is I still was on my way to being extremely irresponsible with money. And it's almost because I grew up with it. I didn't ever value it. And I literally like, I was ready to be like a priest or something. So I was like, at least I know it's true, you know, whatever. And and I was like, I don't care about money. And my parents were like, what in the world? Like you should. And I was like, no, it's fine. And, and I think it's like, I was like brainwashed to think, oh, I don't care about money. I don't care what happens. And I'll say to back that up, um, you know, like generational wealth. Or I mean, we didn't, like, we didn't grow up that rich, but you know, I, I you know, never was, under, but they say like by the second generation, 60% of money is gone. And by the third, 90% of money is gone. So by the third generation, if you grow up with money, there's only a 10% chance you still have it. And so I think that's a lot of me is I met my husband and he literally grew up eating like rice and rice with sugar for dessert. Um, cause he's from China. I mean, and so he grew up in a tough time. Uh, And so I think as I met him and I started learning more about money and financial literacy, and I'm like, what the? Uh, Like, I'm on my way to losing it all. And then I'm just going to sit back when I'm an adult and go, dang, I should have done things differently. So, you know, it just, yeah. So I just think, yeah, we're all being brainwashed to not care about money and or to want to
1: throw parties. Well, we're changing that now. <laughs> COVID took care of a lot of the parties, Kelly. As we know, as we know, you stay home. No, Karen, don't invite her to one of your <laughs> five thousand brunches on Long Island this week because she, she can't go. She's in stay. Seattle. She's in good. Seattle. Good. Okay, <laughs> we'll talk, Kelly. I'm ready okay. to take a trip though to say hello? <laughs> Not until she's better. I'm going to move on to Mac's quote. Mac, I, I let want you to meet get that away, baby. <laughs> Mac, I let you get away with a quote that has the word money in it because it was just so good. Matt has picked a quote. Mac has picked a quote from. Excuse me, Matt King, played by George Clooney, the movie The Descendants 2011 American Comedy Drama. I think it was more of a drama than a comedy. It was about the journey of an attorney and land baron, Matt King, who struggles with unexpected occurrences in his monotonous life. It grossed $177 million on a $20 million budget. Did you know that, Mac? That's a wild financial success. It won Best Adapted Screenplay at the 84th Oscars, Golden Globe for Best Picture Drama, and Best Actor Drama George Clooney. Yay! I'm sure Amal was very appreciative of that. Here's the quote. You give your children enough money to do something, but not enough to do nothing. Is this a conundrum, Matt Gardner? Talk to me. Well, you know, for those of us out there
0: that are parents, that line resonated with me in such a way because when, as an advisor, we're working with clients and if we're fortunate to be working with clients that have significant assets, that's one of their big issues. It's like, look, okay, we can afford to give our kids a lot of stuff, but if you don't give them the drive to earn it, they're not going to do anything with it. And so I think as a parent, you know, you're, you're always trying to find that balance. You're always trying to find ways to, to have your children understand and appreciate what money does, how money comes to you, and how important financial decisions that are made today can help to perpetuate your wealth down the road. Another crazy stat uh Typically, inherited assets are gone within 18 months of being inherited by the next generation. And the big issue why that happens is a lot of times people just are not educated. They don't understand, one, how the money got to where it was and those generations that built it. And then two, once they have it, how do they manage it to to, to move on? So when I heard that line, I was extremely moved um, by this, this balance that we have. You want to give your kids enough to do something, but not too much to do nothing.
1: Mac, I'd love to see the stats. I'm sure they're out there on lottery winnings, on windfalls, of and multi-million dollars for people who've never had more than a, a bare living, maybe twenty to fifty thousand mm-hmm. a year, uh, or or more, or maybe somebody who was wealthy. Anyway, that that might be another show. We might do a show on the future of lottery lottery financial literacy. Let's move on quickly. Uh, we have only about seventeen minutes, and we've got. I want to pick one prediction from each of you. So let's keep this to about. 2 minutes max. Karen, you're you're the mistress now of brevity today. I appreciate it. <laughs> That's not Karen's usual style. I appreciate that. Karen, I'm looking at your prediction. I'm just going to go to the one about about money actually. You do say that schools will have a financial literacy curriculum earlier than high school, parents and grandparents will talk about it more. Yes, but uh, the one I liked was you say platforms such as Venmo and Zelle will continue to grow more popular. Karen, just take us through that one briefly and then we'll go I'll pick one from each of the others. Go ahead.
2: Look, we're, we're clearly a digital society these days with all the technology, as, as Mac has uh, mentioned. And uh, it's very clear that when you uh, go out with your friends and you owe them money, uh, everybody wants it to be Venmo, Zelle. It's a cashless society. Uh, even when you're using your credit card tap to pay, they're, they're not actually using, you're using cash, you know, with your unusual circumstances. And yes, it's annoying that they're charging a percentage for credit cards, but it's so easy, right? you never see anything. Um, we have a number of uh, 20-somethings in my office and they're talking about Mint.com and how they set up their, the income, the expenses, uh, e- everything is paid online. They never, they never touched a checkbook. They don't even know how to write out a check. What's a check? I showed them a check. They don't know how to write out a check, they, you know? And now Hello? even kids at a very young age are using uh, Greenlight. It's, a, it's like a credit card that their parents can control. Uh, they could say you you can only use it for certain things it's very clear that the kids are not going to be seeing the money they're not going to show me the money they're not going to be seeing the money they're using uh, as i said kid friendly debit cards different apps they're doing transactions on their phone um, they're spending money they don't even realize what what they're spending it just it's just going it's it just going out and it shows the uh, the importance really of financial literacy and again going back to my grandchildren I would like them to learn how to make financial, good financial decisions. And so, every time my three-year-old is over, we're pl- we are playing with cash. I'm sh- I'm showing him this is a penny, this is a nickel, yeah. this is a dime. Is go- just and let's sort it. Let's put all those together. Let's we even have a game on WalterTheVault.com of reigning change. Catch all the pennies. Catch all the nickels. Everyone should go to WalterTheVault.com and play these games. A lot of fun activities. They don't even realize that they're they're learning about money because they're not seeing the tangible
1: cash yes and to, to that point show me the money jerry maguire famous line karen they used to say money grows doesn't grow on trees well today people might think it grows on the internet it grows on your virtual your digital bank account balance, right? On your investments, money grows or not. It's not used to be on paper. It's now on a screen in front of you. What's my balance? What have I got? Can I write the check? What's in my checkbook? What's in my fine? Anyway, thank you very much, Karen. Ah, Larry, I'm going to prediction number two. This is very interesting. I'll read it briefly. Larry, you can take three minutes for this one because it's very unusual. You say the shark tank effect will cause an entrepreneurial tsunami. Shark Tank has had a positive effect on the financial literacy of kids. Today, more than ever, they have a better understanding of what being an entrepreneur is all about and some of the financial terminology that coincides with it. This exposure from an early age will drive a wave of entrepreneurs that will solve some of the largest world challenges and may even find a solution to closing the financial literacy gap forever Wow, Larry, that was really something. Everybody, let's give Larry a round of applause. He's a newcomer to the panel. That's a heck of a prediction. Larry, three minutes, all yours. Go.
3: Well, I guess you could tell I'm a big fan of Shark Tank in my house. We we love that show. And you know, just seeing how it's impacted my family and my kids and others out there, it's been tremendous. I mean, when would you have ever expected an eight, nine, 10-year-old to understand or how to calculate a valuation of a company or even Looking at a valuation of a company saying that's crazy. But I, I think what that's going to do is add to the financial literacy, add to financial interests, which causes the youngsters to want to learn about this more and kind of go down that path, which is excellent. And then I, I think it you know has other implications, right? You have kids now, you know, that. I wasn't exposed to my generation that Mm -hmm. understand and have a better understanding of what it is to be an entrepreneur, how that works. And they may never enter the real workforce as an employee, right? So that has challenges on the workforce too. But at the same time, I think there are tremendous benefits because we will be exposed to ideas, concepts, strategies, businesses that we would never have known about because without the shark tank these individuals may have never been an entrepreneur and would have just gone down the route of going to school getting an education and working in a in a corporate environment or for a large company and now we're able to unlock that. So I, I think that there's been a tremendous amount of good stuff that has come out and we've really turned the you know old school version of a lemonade stand which was you know yes. our or my entrepreneurial venture you know view to something that's like a real tangible business that people can watch see and understand now i think one thing that shark tank doesn't do that i encourage my kids to do is after the show and the show airs is to go see if number 1 the deal was actually consummated yes. a lot of those deals yes. although they get a deal on the show it doesn't ever end up happening. Or if they do end up getting a deal, what's happened with the business post them getting a deal? Are they still around? Because a lot of those companies have gone out of business. They haven't survived. So it's also a good learning experience to understand that not everything that's on TV, that they get a deal, looks to be successful, is actually a huge success in the end. Um, So I I think there's a lot of great nuggets and, and learning that can be taken away from from that show and it's gonna have an impact for uh, generations to come.
1: Thank you, Larry. And and not to mention when they're pitching their company and somebody says, I'll give you a million or I'll give you 500,000, as opposed to what they're asking for. What is the real world value from people who are in finance, who are entrepreneurs, who are successful, the panel on Shark Tank, what do people think of your idea and how do you value yourself and your work and your concept? Uh, many, many nuances there. Thank you, Larry. It's that great. Was, a, was great. Okay, and there are follow-up shows to what happened to them. And yes, there are follow-up shows separate from what Shark Tank produces. Let's go to Rumbi. I like your prediction number one. I'll read it. Let's keep moving. You say, due to mounting pressure from constituents, more states will pass laws requiring financial literacy in schools. Rumbi, is this real? Where does this come from?
4: Well, I I I hope it's real because <laughs> I mean, because I'm a fan of financial literacy in schools, but also because we're going through a period of time, right, where inflation is higher than more, most people uh, sort of are familiar with. We People keep talking about eggs. People are buying chickens because eggs are so expensive in the stores. Um, I, I think sort of like on, on certain platforms, uh, buy now, pay later was, was, was getting more and more popular. People were putting more money on their credit cards. Interest rates are going up and, and it doesn't look like that going up is stopping. Even when people are getting raises, raises currently are not necessarily keeping up with inflation. So there are all these pressures that people didn't have before and you sit around and you ask the question and people keep asking the questions like, what am I going to do? How am I going to manage this? What does this mean to me? Just this morning, I was listening to a, a podcast and they were talking to a, a young man who had savings up until like through COVID. And now he says he has pennies. He says he doesn't have enough. Like if 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 he has a, if he has an emergency, he doesn't, he no longer has that money because the money he'd saved has now been spent because of inflation and all of these other mm-hmm. things. And so when life is good, you don't have to think about money, right? Which mm-hmm. some some of us have the luxury. There are many who have never had that luxury. But now when life becomes more complicated and you actually have to think and you have to plan and tomorrow is not looking so assured anymore, Um, it's important to know what's what's going on. And it's important to know how to manage your money, where to put it, what to do with it, what not to do with it. And when Larry was talking about um, sort of valuation and entrepreneurship, which is so important, what should also happen if we're getting smart about money and we're becoming financially literate, we can also understand where our limitations are, where we need the experts, where we need a CFP, where we need a CPA and how to make sure that the money that we get we get to keep that the valuations that we make are actually accurate and all of those things. And I just want to sort of add something. You were talking about um, the, the skimming at the gas yes. station, yes. which is it mm-hmm. for years. Like if, if you see me going to a gas station, like I go to the gas station, I wiggle, even in a bank, I wiggle like where my card is supposed to go in to see if it's built in to that, to, to see if it's like, they're getting better at it but in the past you could shake it and it would come off completely so um Ah. i'm 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 like that suspicious person all the time but always checking before my credit card goes anywhere and i hope in the future as well now when we pay with credit cards even for dinner they actually bring the scanner to your table so you don't see people disappearing yep. with your card and you don't know what they're doing in the back so
1: that we have to be more careful thank you I want to move on we have wait I want
4: ju- to I just want to jump in and just yeah, say
1: we only have well five
2: there. minutes left go ahead okay but the, to, in today's news day there's an article about advocates push for required money classes they're saying that 17 states already require students to take some kind of financial education and that there are six bills
1: pending for a similar thing in New York I A T. It's about time, right, Rumbi? Right, Karen? There, you, I made that up. Uh, let's go to Kelly very quickly. Kelly, prediction number two: surprising partnerships will form as more companies try to promote financial literacy. Kelly, two minutes. That's all I have for you. And okay, I'll, I'll make it.
5: Oh. I'll make it even shorter. I'll get to the point. Um, and I feel like right now we're really okay. I guess anyone could say this at any point in history, but I really believe we're kind of at um, a point in our economy where a lot of people see a recession coming soon. Um, and, uh, and also, I mean, just, there's just so much struggle in the economy in general and finding money and finding funding. And, um, no matter what happens, whether the, um, bus does come or not, people are going to go, whoa, how did that happen? Either one, we're fine or two, we're not. And, uh, how did that happen is a lot going to be because of money. And I just think money is becoming a hot topic right now. Like, as you said, um, your last this episode, the part one, was the most popular you've ever had. I think people are now more than ever right. Like just like Roomby said, you know, when you don't have to think about money, you don't. And then all of a sudden you do. And now all of a sudden you need to learn everything about it. And so you're looking for sources. And then you find some people on YouTube promoting FTX. And so you buy some of that. And then it turns out it's a scam. And then you're like, oh my God. So I think people are trying now really quick to catch up on money. Um, and as you may or may not know, well to the vault, our goal is to become. A source of information for kids um, and families uh, for money. I think a lot of children's TV shows are written with the parents involved, and ours is included for that. And I think as we, as money becomes more and more relevant, as education becomes essential, especially in different pockets with the current state of schools and the current state of everything, I think that we are going to be a very valuable asset. I think Max Business, actually, I think all of us have a very valuable. Um, uh, to offer right now because it is that money education. And so I could see us, um, fitting in with anyone. For example, we have a really short video that shows two kids, both getting a job, walking a dog and the boy gets a job. They say, we'll pay, pay, pay you $10 an hour. And he goes, okay. The girl gets a job. They say, we'll pay you $10 an hour. She goes, actually, you know, I know how to walk dogs. I know how to make them run, sit. Um, and she's able to talk with that family and negotiate to actually get paid fifteen dollars an hour for the exact wow. same job. So I could see a dog company getting. I mean, there's a million things that connect Thank you. But Kelly Thank has Kelly.
2: sixty-five animated
1: videos on on our YouTube channel. Good. You and watch? I have two minutes for Mac Gardner. I want to do his prediction here. Mac prediction number four: fintech will impact impact every aspect of our lives in the next five years. Two minutes, Mac. That's all I've got. It's all yours. Go.
0: Well, I'll say it simply this way: <clears throat> I work in banking my career started off in banking and you had to go into a bank to do your banking. Nowadays, everything can be done on this little device from banking, investing, uh, lending, you name it. And so uh, it was brought up earlier that now money is almost invisible and you don't have to use cash anymore. And because of that, I think it's even more imperative that financial education be started at an early age so that you understand, okay, you've got these really, really neat tools to be able to do things with your money. We now need to start utilizing tools to help teach people what to do with money. And it's literally changing every aspect of our lives. So we we, we need to utilize that same technology um, to to get the education started early.
1: Thank you very, very much. I will tell you all that when I was in Durham, we had cash machines with no fee on them. PNC had cash machines in the Harris Uh, grocery stores. And here in the major stores, you do not have that. You either have to go with a debit card to the help desk, or you have to figure out another way to get cash. It's not that easy. But I recently had a major, major store apologize for messing up a dishwasher delivery and sending me a completely broken dishwasher and delays of two months. And they said to compensate me for the trouble, they were going to refund the full price and the salesman made a personal trip to my house and handed me an envelope with over $800 in cash on it and said it was easier for me to give you the refund in cash than to go through the whole process in the store. So, no, I've got plenty of cash for my gas when I don't want to be skimmed at the gas station. I thought you get a kick out of that. Uh, we have got less than two minutes. I want to thank, uh, first of all, Andrew, my engineer at Voice America. Everybody say thank you, Andrew. One, two, three. Thank you, Andrew. Thank, thank you, Andrew. Thank you,
5: thank
4: Andrew. thank you, Voice America
1: Business. Karen, you. you rock. Karen, regards to your family and everybody. Wonderful. And I have a little homework assignment for all of you. Kelly, you and I and Claire will be talking very, very soon. I sent her a proposal yesterday. Um, I, I love the topic because I'm going to just use a very corny word, the authenticity and the humanity of all five of you—you you care about people. You—it's not just oh, I'm in a business and I'm going to make money advising you. You care about what world all, we all care about. How do we? Money is that core. It's—it's it's what drives us, right? You don't have it, you don't have it, you can't do certain things. You have it, you have too much, you don't know how to manage it. It's—it's it's the surprise of our lives very often. Next to health, that—that's the one. Did I have it? I could have bought this house for cash if I'd have bought it three months earlier, and then the market took a tumble, and I said, "Holy crap!" There went the price of the house. So anyway. There's the mortgage. There's a the gig economy. I want everybody to do me a quick favor. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, and you're going to wag your finger with me. Everybody's done this before. Larry, raise your hand. And when I say on the Canvas three, you're going to say no, no, no. Everybody says the future is already here, and we say one, two, three. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. Why, Larry? Because that was yesterday's future. Today's future hasn't happened yet, and we're all going to do our best to make it a better one. Happy and healthy. Bonnie D. signing off. By LinkedIn, by Facebook, by Voice America.
0: Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now.